Hey everyone, welcome back to You Ask For It. If you've been with us for a little while, you know that we're walking through a series on the Apostles' Creed, and this week we come to the phrase of dealing with the virgin birth and with Mary. And so what you're going to hear is a discussion with Pastor Steve and myself on Wednesday night before our church as we talk about the importance of the virgin birth. I hope this is beneficial to you, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Um, Because of where we are in the Apostles' Creed, I think it's great by chance that we ended up right here talking about Mary and the virgin birth. So the, the, the phrase is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the virgin Mary. So we're doing this, we're walking through the, the Apostles' Creed and we're here right before Christmas and we're trying to answer this question of do you have to believe in the virgin birth? It's a question that's asked often today is do you have to believe in the virgin birth? Now to do this, I want to start this way by reading parts of the Christmas story from Luke and Matthew. Luke 1, Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then Matthew 1, it says, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, I know that we're a conservative Bible-believing church, so you sit there and say, what's the big deal? We believe in the virgin birth. But for 150 years or so in a lot of the mainline uh, denominations, they've just decided to deny that particular teaching. Uh, Back when I was here before, I used to host a call-in show on WHKP, uh, co-hosted by a Presbyterian pastor. And sometimes in courtesy, if we had a new pastor come to town, I'd invite them to come on and say, let me introduce you to the community. We've got this 30-minute call-in show. Well, the First Methodist had a new pastor that came in. And just a second or so before we began going on air, he looked at me and said, whatever you do, don't ask me if I believe in the virgin birth. Now, that's just amazing to me. It's not like, hi, how are you doing? It was don't bring that up because he obviously didn't do that. If you look in... In the last hundred so or so years, one of the most public denials of the virgin birth was by a man named uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick. He was in New York City. He had a very famous sermon called Shall the Fundamentalist Win? And he boldly declared that he did not believe in the virgin birth. He said that he believes that was just mythological language. It was a way of saying that Jesus is a superior person, but he didn't believe that a miracle like the virgin birth happened. In England... The Church of England has about one-third conservative pastors, two-third liberal pastors. One of the more liberal ones, David Edwards, challenged John Stott, one of the great conservative pastors, to have a writing debate where they would send chapters to each other. And David Edwards had a chapter on the miracles, and he just basically said he did not believe any miracle in the Bible actually happened. He was, And by the way, that's the essence of liberalism, is denying the supernatural. And so the last line of that chapter where he said he didn't believe in miracles, he makes this statement. John, I'll tell you out front, I don't believe in the virgin birth. 
Are you going to say that I'm not a Christian? I love John Stott's very uh, reasonable reply. He said, David, only God knows whether or not you're a Christian, but I can say without any doubt that you're standing where Christians have not stood for the last 2,000 years. For 2,000 years, we have confessed that Jesus was born of the Virgin. So he's in a different place. One of the more interesting thoughts that I read was a feminist theologian theologian named Jane Shaberg. And she said that she believed the story of the virgin birth was created to subjugate women. I don't get that. But she said probably what actually happened was that Mary either had sexual relations with Joseph or somebody else, or most likely was raped by a Roman soldier, because that could have happened in that day and time. And that the real, the real story behind this is how God could take a tragedy like that and bring out something good like the birth of Jesus. So she said, you've got a lesser story when you teach this miracle of the virgin birth than the courageous story of how a woman overcame the rape from a man. But in our area, once again, Cecil Sherman, the former pastor of Asheville First Baptist Church, when we had a breakaway group in around 1990 called the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship formed, they adopted a seminary that Southern Baptists had dropped because they have two professors who, did, who openly stated they did not believe in the virgin birth. So we Southern Baptists said, we're not giving that seminary money if you have people teaching there who deny the virgin birth. Well, Cecil Sherman was asked, how can you give them money when you've got professors that don't believe in the virgin birth? And his answer was this. Well, personally, I believe in the virgin birth, but I don't believe it's an important doctrine because it's only found in two Gospels. Boy, that rankled me. And the rest of the podcast, we're going to just... it basically be a conversation with Cecil explaining to him why it is an important doctrine. So you start us. Yeah, we would argue that there are three reasons that we're going to talk about today that show why the virgin birth is important. And the first is this. It, it is to protect the integrity of Scripture. To protect the integrity of Scripture. J. Gresham Mason wrote a book entitled Christianity and Liberalism. And he said this, that, that theological liberals should, be, should ought to be honest and admit that what they're doing is actually creating a new religion. I think that's the truth. Yeah, I mean, here's what he said about it. He said, everyone who admits that the Bible, everyone admits that the Bible represents Jesus as having been conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. The only question is whether in making the representation the Bible is true or false. He says, if the Bible is regarded as being wrong in what it says about the birth of Christ, then obviously the authority of the Bible in any high sense is gone. And so what you and I were talking about earlier is that if we would say that we stand on the truths of the gospel, and that is that God, that Jesus came to be born of a virgin and lived the perfect life, if you are going to take that part of it away, then it's no longer the same religion, the same no. gospel that we would preach. And what else do you take away? If, the, if, if a clear story like the virgin birth, yes. where it makes, you cannot read it without seeing that she was a virgin, it was a supernatural birth by the Holy Spirit. Well, what else is wrong? Absolutely. It's it, a house of cards. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, once you take that out, one thing just comes and they all fall apart. I, I was listening to, um, there's a, a little blip of a sermon um, by Alistair Begg that's going around right now, which is incredible. He just started going through the book of Romans. And he's in Romans chapter 1. And if you know anything about Romans chapter 1, it is probably the biggest indictment on our current culture today, that scripture passage. And he says, here's the big thing that we have to talk about. He says, if you are a person who says that you believe the Bible, you're a person who, 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 who believes in the gospel, he says, you don't have the right to tamper with scripture. He said, in every, all, if we could go into any kind of debate there is right now, whether it's euthanasia, abortion, homosexuality, um, you know, transgenderism, 
Even things like miracles. If you go to those, you can't go to those and say that it's just an ethics issue or that I can take some or leave some. He says this, it is an authority issue. It's an authority of the scriptures. Either it's all of the scripture or it is none of the scripture. And, and I think that's an important thing for us to realize is that we hold on to the virgin birth, one, because it is prophesied about in the Old Testament, and then we see it represented in the New Testament. And so it's not just one part of the Bible that comes into yeah, play. It's right. the entire Bible. So to believe the Bible, we have to believe in the virgin birth. Absolutely. A second reason is we believe in the virgin birth because it helps you understand who Jesus is. Hmm. Uh, he had God as his father, and he has Mary as his mother. Uh, we had a baby born today in the hospital. Hmm. I've spoken to the father, and, and I'm, we're, we're rejoicing over that. But what happens when people go visit when there's a new baby is people will say, oh, that baby looks just like his father. That baby looks just like his mother. Have you, have you noticed that? Hmm. One person will come and say it looks like the father. One person comes and looks like Give them a few years and then let me. Don't ask me what they all look like. Babies when they come out, I think. But but I'll be just you know. But but that's what they'll they'll do that with your children, won't they? Well, the reason why that you have some say it's the father, some because there's something of the father and something of the mother in every child, and you can see that. We see God the Father in Jesus. That Jesus is divine. Uh, Matthew one twenty three. He, he's called God with us because he's God with us. Now we know what God is like. Jesus said in John 14, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I know that God's merciful because I saw how merciful Jesus was in dealing with fallen and sinful people. I know God is, uh, cares about small details because his first miracle was to save a couple from embarrassment because the wine ran out. I know that God loves children because he took children in his arms and blessed them. So I, I can know what God is like because God is just like Jesus. We see his Father in him. But also, Jesus was human. You can see some of Mary in him. Uh, when he went, John 4 went by the well, he says, boys, I'm so tired. Would y'all just go get the food and I'll sit here for a while? He got tired because he was human. He became depressed in Gethsemane. When they put those nails into him, he shed real blood. And so because of that, we're drawn toward him because he's been through it. Hebrews said he's a sympathetic high priest who's been through everything we've been through. Uh, my wife is very open about her testimony when she was 14. She had a suicide attempt. She was in a dark time and her family was in turmoil. And that was something that she tried. And so ever since she started sharing that, she get calls from either young people who are considering that or parents who say, will you talk to my daughter? Will you talk to my son? Because we're drawn to people who've been there before. Cancer survivors find themselves being called by those who are going through the chemo now because they want to go and talk to somebody. What's it like? Tell me what you can do. Uh, one of the things I love about the 12-step groups, the thing that was unique about AA, until AA, it was thought that the only person that could help an alcoholic is somebody who had a professional degree, like a counselor or a medical doctor. But all of a sudden, they came up with this thought, can't somebody who struggled with it help somebody else who's struggling with it? And so we're drawn to Jesus because of that. But there's one more reason that we believe the virgin birth is important. Yeah, the third reason we would say it's important is it's to protect the character and the integrity of Mary, right? To protect her. Uh, you think about that. So Pastor Steve and I are both from the South. You're from Georgia. I'm from Alabama. And here's something true about a Southerner. You don't talk about their mama, right? Amen. You don't do it. So and here's, here's why this matters. When, when Cecil Sherman said that the virgin birth is not important, what is he saying then about Mary? Because he, here's what he's saying in that. He is saying this, 
He's calling Mary a liar, first of all. Or right? he's, he's or casting doubt on her character. Yeah, ca- casting doubt on her, calling her a liar, saying that, I mean, was she basically calling her maybe even a loose woman or that, you know, or they, are they, like this is what could be saying about us saying that the care, that the virgin birth of Mary does not matter. And I think that's a problem. You see, for, for Mary, most of her life, what she heard were the whispers of people saying, I bet. I bet that didn't really happen, right? I, or I bet, you know, I bet that's not true. She bore a great a deal of suffering yes. because she chose to be that virgin. Absolutely. And bore a child. Knowing what it was going to mean for her. Yeah. And Because, I mean, we know this. Joseph tried to divorce her quietly, right? Because he knew what it was going to mean. Well, here's what we would say. She didn't deserve those no. things being said about her then, and she doesn't deserve those things being said about her right. now. And we believe Mary is someone, whereas we would not say that she is equal with Christ, she is someone who her faith is that which we should respect and we should look at. And And we'll be looking at that next week in our next podcast. But let me say this. Bottom line, Christianity is based upon the fact that miracles have happened. When you have someone say, I don't believe in any miracles, then they can't be a Christian. But we believe the miracles we read in the Bible, they happen just as they were written. And so you and I have made that stand that we believe in miracles. Justin closes here, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, we thank you for, for being here. Listen to something like that. We're going to ask some questions in a minute. But as I was thinking today about this, and I'll kind of just end it with this, is that when, when we hear these things, it's hard, right? It, you, can't, you can't look up and explain a fact about a virgin birth. It's just not possible. It's the whole idea of miracles. But when we read the scriptures, we see, yes, there are aspects of our faith that we sit and we stand on the facts that we know without a shadow of doubt that it happened. But then there's other aspects of our faith in which when Jesus speaks to us about, he says this, you've got to have faith like a child, right? Have faith like a child. And what does that mean? It's this, children are willing to be okay with the mystery, right? They're willing to be okay with the mystery and not understand all things and still take it to be true. That's how it is on this kind of thing, right? We've got to also be okay with the mystery knowing that we're not going to know everything until one day when we see Christ in eternity. Thank you for joining us today for You Ask For It. I hope this conversation was helpful for you as you listen on the importance of the virgin birth. And as we would say, there is no Christianity, there is no cross without the cradle, without the the birth of Christ through the Virgin Mary. Um, Hope you'll be with us next week because we get the joy of talking about Mary, and I think it'll be a very helpful discussion for you. So join join us next week as we walk through the Apostles' Creed.